0: special song and what a great message it has what a blessing we know the Lord holds tomorrow and he holds our lives in his hands well let's turn to John chapter 20 for a few moments tonight we're going to focus in on verse 19 and really this uh, appearance of Jesus Uh, Tonight and then next Sunday night we'll be looking at some of the uh, appearances of Jesus following the resurrection as we move toward Easter Sunday. We've been talking about the cross on Sunday mornings. And here is uh, one of the uh, appearances of Jesus following his resurrection. Actually on the very evening after Jesus had risen from the dead. He appeared to his disciples and continued to reveal the, the, the reality, the truth of his resurrection. And we can learn a great deal just from the fact that he appeared to them, the manner in which he appeared. And I would say to you that the way he appeared to them and the things that he did in that appearance, he's still doing today. He may not be physically and bodily form appearing in front of us, but we believe by faith that every time we gather together as believers in Christ, he is right here in our midst. And he continues to do among his people what he did on that first resurrection night. Look at, look at uh, John chapter 20, verse 19, and I'm going to read on through verse 23. But it says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Christ Jesus may really be present where he is not visibly or materially present. Now, in this appearance, he materially, he physically appeared before them. But just as surely as he was with them on that night, he is here in our midst with us tonight. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, the scripture says, Jesus said, there I am. In the midst of them. There's a discerning of the presence of Christ that he gives to his people. And I think it's because his spirit, whom we see at the end of this passage, Jesus makes it clear that as his followers, as his believers, they had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resided in them. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. The moment we receive Christ, he comes to live within us. And he witnesses to us about the presence of Christ in our lives. When we gather together, in the work that we do, in the moments of opportunity he gives us, he impresses upon us that it's the Lord who's leading us. It's the Lord who walks beside us. It's the Lord who is present with us. And what would we do without the presence of God? Presence. I think the longer I live, the more I see that it's the presence of Christ that is so vital to the life that we live. What would we do without that? And I think that's why Jesus was very active on that very first day of the resurrection. He was very active at being present with his followers and he's still active in doing that today what are some of the specifics we see here about the manner in which Jesus appeared well I think we could say he appeared to them gladly he wanted to be with them he came gladly because he came soon and he came often he could have made them wait but he didn't first he appeared to Mary Magdalene Then to Simon, then to the two at Emmaus, and then to the eleven here at Jerusalem. At least four times in one day in which Jesus, the risen Christ, appeared to his brethren. Why, Why so much so quickly? Because he wanted to be with them. He was with them for three years, every day. And here in his resurrection now, he was glad to be with them. Are we glad to be with Jesus? Are we as glad to be in his presence. As he is to come and be in our midst. That's really a pretty haunting question. We ought to be able to say yes. Absolutely. We crave being in his presence. We want to be in his presence. You remember John Glover. The uh, great. Great pastor who was a member of this church passed away a number of years ago some of you were here when he was alive he would often stand up on sunday nights when we had that testimony time he'd stand up right back there and he'd say he'd quote the scripture i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord he'd say that almost every time and he literally looked forward to being together with God's people in God's house to worship Jesus Christ. And as, uh, as glad as Christ is to be in our midst, we should be glad to be in his presence. He came cheerfully, and I think every time Jesus is cheerfully received, he's going to be there. He he loves to be with people who love to be with him. Now, he went to other people, too. You know, Jesus went out and sought out the lost. And he went to the homes of people who weren't believers, didn't he? So that they could come to know him. But he also loves to be with those who love to be with him. He came on that occasion to people who were quite unworthy who were not worthy and so that's an important thing to see here none of these people none of these disciples these 11 disciples that were left Judas of course was dead by now but the 11 who remained none of them were worthy to have Jesus appear to them in fact really in their own way every one of them had failed him in some way And that's true for all of God's people. We all have failed him, haven't we? We've all fallen short. We're all sinners, saved by his marvelous grace. The scripture says, Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Some showed back up in other ways, but they all fell short. But here he was, appearing to those who, Who were not worthy of his appearance. And so we should marvel at the fact that the risen Christ. He comes to be with us. Even though we're not worthy of his presence. And yet he wants us to come before him. And to love him. And to worship him. And so if you feel like you have failed. You're in good company. Because Peter was there. Remember what Peter had done? We looked at that Wednesday night. He had had denied Jesus three times. He had denied him with cursing. He didn't even want to be counted as one who was in the company of Jesus. And yet, Peter loved Jesus very much. And so Jesus came to them even though they weren't worthy. He came to a full assembly Of these eleven. But he only did that after he had appeared to some individuals. He appeared to individuals. Before he appeared to the eleven together. To one. And then to another. And then to two. And then he appeared to the eleven. And so we need to remember that Jesus. uh, He walks with us side by side individually too. The risen Christ He appeared to individuals, just like the Jesus before the cross and the resurrection. He had time for specific people, didn't he? Yes, he was with the great multitudes, the throngs, uh, the thousands, but he also had time for one person here and another person there, and many times he would seek them out. He would take time for individual people, and he still does that. There's not anybody that is outside of his concern or his care. And so in your life, no matter how many other people Jesus has to take care of, he will take care of you. He knows you. He knows your needs. And he will come to you. He will be with you. He will walk beside you and provide what you need. And then he will come to us when we're together, corporately. Yes, he lives within us, he walks beside us, but he's also in our midst when we come together as a body of believers to worship him and to honor him. These disciples came together quietly, secluded from the world, shut in as much as they could in this moment. Now, it wasn't for the greatest reason in the world. Notice what it says, for fear of the Jews. They were, they were still afraid. Yes, the news of uh, uh, Jesus had risen from the dead, but Jesus wasn't visibly in front of them at the, at the moment they gathered together. <clears throat> and they knew the Jews, the Jewish leaders, had conspired for Jesus to be crucified. And so there was still that fear that was upon them of what would happen to them who were also numbered with Jesus, who were known to be His disciples. They had come together in that place. The doors were shut, <clears throat> and Jesus came to them when they came together. When we come together, we may not have always the greatest motivations in our own mind and heart, but when we come, and when we begin to open our hearts to him then he meets us there <clears throat> and he speaks to us and he comes and ministers to us he is always faithful and we need to be faithful to him i'm sure in that room the uppermost subject was about jesus though wasn't it <coughs> you can be sure excuse me you can be sure what were they talking about that night well the news that jesus had risen, and some had seen Him. Others had not yet seen Him. But that's what they were talking about. He was the center of their attention. He was uppermost in their minds. And when we come together, who ought to be uppermost in our mind? Who ought to be the center of our thoughts and our attention and our worship? It's always Jesus. Always Jesus. In fact, the Scripture tells us that the work of the Holy Spirit you know the Holy Spirit is at work in a place when Jesus is being glorified. When Jesus is being lifted up. Because the scripture says the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself, but he lifts up Jesus. And so in that place, when those disciples got together, it was Jesus who was at the center of their thoughts and their their discussion and all that they were doing. And maybe even prayers were being offered. And then Jesus came. Now, you might say, well, it was easy for them to do that. But now it's so much more difficult. It's 2,000 years later, and we've got all of the problems in our society, and the difficulties keep us. Well, they had difficulties then, didn't they? The doors were shut, the disciples were afraid. But Jesus still managed to overcome all of those obstacles. The, the doors being shut didn't keep Jesus out of that place or out of that room. Instead, Jesus was able to appear to them. It says there in verse 19, When the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. I have the sense it was a very sudden thing that he just came and he appeared to them. Uh, Some think, well, maybe he just opened the door and came in. I don't think he necessarily needed to open the door. He who had uh, risen from the dead, I don't think he had to open the door to get in there. But he appeared in their midst. And right there in front of them was the risen Christ, the hope, uh, the, the, you know, the hope of their dreams that the end did not come when Jesus died. But here he was standing before them now alive. And I don't think anything could have kept him out of that room, nothing. And so Jesus is not bound. He is not kept away from us by the obstacles of life, as difficult as they may seem. Jesus can overcome all of those obstacles. The way that Jesus appeared to his disciples, I think, is still the way he appears to his disciples. We are his disciples. We are his followers. We believe in him. And he's still working in the way that he did on that night. What did he do when he appeared to them? It says very plainly, he came and stood In the midst. He suddenly was there. He didn't just flash across the room and then disappear. He came and he stood in the midst of them, in the midst of them. Because he is the one who should be in the midst of his people. And he was standing, the place of authority. Now, teachers, many times, Jewish teachers, they would sit. And everybody would gather around them. But here it says he stood in the midst of them. Having overcome sin and death and hell, the Lord of Lords stood in their midst. And when Jesus comes, when we gather together to worship, he is still right here in our midst. And he is here to speak to us, and that's what he did to them. That's the second thing that you notice about what he did. He stood in the midst and then he spoke to them. He spoke to them. He still speaks to us. When we gather together and Jesus is here in our midst, he speaks to us. He speaks to us through the music that we sing, through prayers that are offered, through testimonies. And most especially, he speaks to us through his word. And that's what... He did in the midst of those disciples. He spoke to them. His word came forth from the living word, from the risen Christ. And what he said to them was, Peace be with you. And Jesus is always saying to any assembled group, there is peace that can be found in me. It's only in Jesus that peace, he's the only one who can give peace. And so when we put our trust and our faith in him, he gives us peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't mean an absence of trouble or difficulty. It doesn't mean everything is now easy in this world. But there is a peace that surrounds us and overshadows us and controls us. The Bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. And here in that upper room that night, these disciples experience the peace that only Jesus can give. And he's still giving that peace to his disciples every time we gather together, every time we call upon his name, and we are in his presence. He gives us peace. He cannot help but do that because he is the prince of peace. And he provides peace as he speaks to us. And we find his word continuing to go forth. He said, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Jesus showed himself. He revealed himself to these disciples. So he didn't just flash in and flash out. He He showed them his hands. And his side. He showed who he was. And Jesus is always showing us who he is. When he is in our midst. He reveals himself to us. And now we see Him clearly on the pages of the Bible that He inspired to be written, leaving for us His own Word so that every time the people of God gather together, He reveals Himself to us perfectly through the written Word of God, through the witness of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives, taking the written Word, applying it to us. And so He shows to us, himself, just as he did to those disciples on that night. And really, in so doing, he was opening up Scripture because Jesus was the one who was going to give the Scripture. Every word he said was Scripture, wasn't it? And so when Jesus spoke, it was the authority of the word of God himself speaking, and it would become written word as he would inspire it later to be recorded. And so you see in verse 21, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And so here he was commissioning them. He was sending them. He was telling them, You have a work to do. And whenever the Lord appears in our midst, whenever he comes into the midst of his people and speaks to our hearts. Yes, he's saying peace. Yes, he's encouraging us. Yes, he's, he's comforting us. But he's also saying there's a work for you to do. As the Father sent me, so send I you. One writer has said Jesus Christ's presence never teaches a man to despise scripture And to look to inner light or personal revelation. Instead it always focuses you on Jesus. And on his written word. The Lord's presence among his followers that day. Followed that pattern. And it continues to follow that pattern today. And it changed them. They were a frightened bunch terrorized when he appeared in their midst. And imagine the confidence, the encouragement they had. They weren't perfect after this, but they were changed because of his presence. Thomas wasn't there. That's a whole other story. That's another message. But the ones that were there that day and saw that, they were gloriously touched and changed. The presence of Jesus changes lives. They had been afraid, terrified of what was to come, but the resurrection changed everything. His presence turned their terror into joy. These disciples would never be the same again. And, of course, Jesus set them on the road to service, and most of them, gave their lives in service to Jesus. And some of them, we know we know their story, or we know their story from church tradition and the way they gave their lives. But they spent their lives in service to Christ. And so I hope you see that the coming of Jesus to appear to these disciples, what a wonderful and glorious moment that was. But it says a lot about the kind of Savior, the kind of Lord Jesus is. That he chose so quickly and so often to appear to his disciples. And he still is that same Savior who loves to be present with his people. He loves us to worship him, to honor him, to serve him, to share him with others. And we can... Give thanks that we have that great opportunity and privilege to do that. There's a song called, Then Jesus Came. I think Stan has sung that song for us. And it's really about how Jesus ministered, uh, not in this setting, but in a different setting. But the words, I think, express the change, the power of when Jesus comes, when he appears When he touches a person's life, one sat alone beside the highway begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bid the darkness flee. I think George Beverly Shea used to sing this song. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, all tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills my heart with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Unclean, unclean, the leper cried in torment. The deaf, the dumb, and helplessness stood near. The fever raged. Disease had gripped its victim. Then Jesus came and cast out every fear. From home and friends the evil spirits drove him. Among the tombs he dwelt in misery. He cut himself as demon powers possessed him. Then Jesus came and set the captive free. So men today have found the Savior able. They could not conquer passion, lust, and sin. Their broken hearts had left them sad and lonely. Then Jesus came. And dwelt himself within. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, all tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills my heart with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. I would say those disciples on that night... When Jesus stood in their midst, they knew that all had changed because Jesus had come to stay. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to you and thank you for your mercy, for your grace. We are not worthy of any of it. And yet, in your majestic glory, you came. You left all of that so that you could take our sin upon yourself and die in our place. And we thank you that you rose from the dead and that you appeared to these disciples again and again and that you still come. You're still with us. You still are in our midst. We give thanks to you for your presence in this very room. Lord, we need you and we pray now in these moments of invitation, if there are any decisions that we need to make before you, either publicly or privately, that you would now lead us and Lord, help us to be glad for the privilege to be in your presence. Help us to rejoice and that you desire to be present with us. May these moments reflect our love for you and our obedience to you. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our invitation.